Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. This week we've got another flashback episode, but because we're on a budget, we're going to be forced to play the younger versions of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So playing the part of young Ski, his grandpa Ski. Hello, I guess. Playing the, <laughs> playing the part of young Alan is the years have not been kind. Alan. Hello. <laughs> and playing the part of young Brent is still boyishly handsome, Brent. <laughs> so once we've gotten to the end of memory lane... It's only because we'll you were really... Old-looking child. (laughs) (laughs) With your Priscilla Presley book getting beat up in the camp. (laughs) So once we've gotten to the end of memory lane, we'll discuss the episode's MVP, our favorite lines, and decide how many slices of cheesecake we'd award the episode if we could still process dairy. (laughs) Alan? (laughs) When I think about the story of you at summer camp, with your um, copy of the Priscilla Presley book. Yeah, uh, listen to me. Yeah, it really makes me think of you as like an intelligent Bobby Hill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I digress. Yeah. So. We, um, so we recently rewatched The Middle, and whenever Brick was doing anything like particularly Brickish, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, my wife was like, he's you. <laughs> you're Brick. <laughs> I would say out of the three, you're far more brick than you are Axel or Susu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so we were walking around um, downtown Franklin, my hometown, and like the library that was, it was the library when I was a kid, you know, in the intervening years, they turned it into like um, four condos or something. And now they're like converting it back to like just one big house. Oh, okay. And you know, I was explaining, I was like, that would be the greatest place ever to live. And she's like, such a brick thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I might have to introduce you as Brick the next time. Yeah. <laughs> Heck, not Tamlin. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a... I, I would def- that's definitely high on my list as far as shows that I'd like to watch with the kids. There's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we're working our way through Superstore, okay. and I think we still have a couple seasons left of that. Yeah. And then after that, you know, I've thought about Community, mm-hmm. um, Schitt's Creek, mm-hmm. and now in the middle is another one that would yeah. be a, a solid one. Yeah. Uh, the kids will be grown and moved out before I run out of shows that I want to watch with them. <laughs> I'll get in as many as I can in the yeah. next four years. Have they, have they seen both right. of the uh, Anchormans? No, um, I definitely do want to show them Anchorman 1. I, I liked Anchorman 2, but I don't remember loving it the well, way I did Anchorman 1. they got to understand 1. what your tattoo's all about. Oh, right. Sex panel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days I should post a picture of that uh, tattoo on the, on the internet. Yeah. So My 25-year-old. Panther tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any tattoos? Five years today? Or this, I'm not, not today. today. <laughs> <laughs> not the anniversary of getting tagged. Not far. Uh, it probably. Spring, it, it was, was uh, spring break, right? It was 97. Yeah, spring break in 97. So it would have been yeah, like two almost weeks ago exactly, or yeah, yeah, 25 years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're fucking old. <laughs> it's gross, but not as old as Brent, thankfully. Correct. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, oh, we'll but s- no, I don't. Okay. So today we are doing. Today yeah. we're going to be discussing a <laughs> season. None of us are speaking well this week. Yeah, I know. I don't know what the, what the situation is, but I think it's the. Uh, normally, I like tune my you know vocals to this buzzing I hear down here. Uh. I'm not heard it this week. <laughs> so it's I thought it might be up. a little bit of carbon monoxide that might be. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wreaking havoc, but my tuning pitch is not here. You always want a little bit of carbon monoxide. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, <laughs> enough to take the edge off. Yeah. Life's challenging without a little, you know, a little something. Fucking honor system. So, we <laughs> <laughs> um, so my dad's been under the weather, and 
you know, we're taking them from, you know, one place to another place. And as part of that process, you know, I had to like sign for some stuff. And part of the stuff I had to sign for was some, some medication. Okay. Okay. And so they're like, okay. And, you know, here's, um, you know, 29 narcotic pills. Mm. So we need you Ooh. to initial and sign here saying you're taking possession you know, these... Oh, like just 29 pills? Or, yeah, 29 okay. pills. That'll, I thought you, know, you meant like 29 different types of pills. Modern of like, no, that's no. A, that's a lot. Yeah, no, no. It's not wasn't a cornucopia of <laughs> narcotics or anything. It was one pill, but 29 of them. I got you. Yeah. I, I think it was one of those things that come in like a blister pack of 30, yeah. oh, okay. and he had had one, but okay. the other 29 have to be accounted for. So I had to, you know, vouch for him or whatever. And so, you know, we get to, you know, the next location, and, you know, we're going through the process or whatever. And I was like, and he did not take any, so I still have all 29. And so they accepted them. And I was like, well, do I get a receipt back saying I gave you all 29? <laughs> and they're like, no, it's fine. And I was like, so I could have taken 28 of those 29 pills and <laughs> you'd have been A-OK, like there's no reconciliation or anything. And they're like, no, it, it just, I don't know. It's like, no wonder we have an opioid problem. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's meant more of a, as a deterrent. <laughs> exactly. Right. So they, we, they know we know. You know what they say? Locks only keep honest people honest. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Well, we have uh, today season <laughs> five, episode sixteen. They also keep lovers a fishbowl. <laughs> <laughs> With her bagels. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't think I even knew what locks were. I just had to d- deduce it with my ten percent above average intelligence. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, Clinton <laughs> Avenue Memoirs is today's episode. Uh, wow. <laughs> original air jam. Sorry, did I not enunciate it in a way that met your <laughs> standards? <laughs> Who says it that way? Memoir. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm going to assume you do now. <laughs> it's like I'm working on my memoir. <laughs> I mean, it does sound familiar now that Kinda you like say armoire, it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure uh, where that is from, but it does sound familiar yeah. now that you said it. If anybody else recognizes Brent's <laughs> pronunciation of the word memoir. memoir. Is, it, is it I before O or O before I? It's O before I, So except me- on Y. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be almost like memo, memoir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how, you should pr- that's how you should pronounce it from now on. <laughs> yeah. that, that way, it would uh, go with the, uh, hey... They think I'm ten percent stupider. Right. <laughs> but that way I'd be let them I'd be I confirm. So you're gonna start trying to just sow that those seeds of doubt yes. your intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna now watch this, I'm gonna solve this thing, and they're gonna think I'm amazing because wow, they what didn't. a good day for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. A lot of patent on the back and <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, the original air date on this one was February 3rd of 1990. It was uh, Richard, uh, written by Richard Vesey and Tracy Gamble, uh, directed by Terry Hughes, or Vesey, Vassy, V-A-C-Z-Y. Mm-hmm. We've always been saying Vassy. Vassy, okay. Mm-hmm. Like the difference. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to steal that from you. No, no, no. I loved it. I loved every bit of it. So... You touch upon the best efforts whenever you want to. <laughs> See, that's oh, what... Oh, I will. Right. <laughs> yeah, don't invite him to touch on yeah. anything. <laughs> he will not turn down that invitation. Exactly. 
<laughs> doesn't know the meaning of the word unwanted. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. We, uh, scene one, we, uh, if you're going to make fun of somebody, make fun of Ski. Mm-hmm. Or Rose, as Blanche suggests. As we begin the episode in the kitchen with Blanche fretting about her hair and needing the expert care of Robert. Uh, Rose informs us of the uh, most non-vegetarian hairstylist in the Midwest, Mr. Ingrid, whose secret moose recipe will keep your hair in place and winds up to 130 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. That was impressive. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Blanche can't afford the $300 stylist that she likes, uh, so Rose suggests a part-time job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche is already working upwards of 12 hours a week, a uh, Nicole-like work level, right, <laughs> Ski? <laughs> blistering pace. I don't know right. that any of us could really even mm-hmm. comprehend that level of dedication. Yeah. And for God's sake, she's not a machine. <laughs> Except in the bedroom. Right. In a, uh, in a rare instance of continuity, Rose says that she can hire an assistant, um, and Blanche right. agrees to help out. I thought that was great. That was one yeah, of the few, even, like... Even brings up uh, her employer. Yeah, yeah, Enrique Moss. Uh-huh. I thought that was great. It's so rare that you get a direct tie back to a prior mm-hmm. this episode. Is, I want to say the third callback to that new new job she has. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I think you're right. Um, yeah. That's the one thing that's consistent. Yeah, <laughs> Enrique Moss. Well, yeah. her name still is Rose, so that's consistent. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the one storyline that has been You're still missing a cocoa. Yeah. That's consistent. <laughs> That's a running bit they carry for 179 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> well, Sophia comes in and asks about a ride to the mall on Friday, and Dorothy reminds her that they're going out to dinner to commemorate her wedding anniversary. Uh, which Does she ever commemorate her other wedding anniversary? I don't believe so, no. <laughs> uh, Sophia gets indignant about getting uh, the business for forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> and exits saying, uh, now if you'll excuse me, I'll be in the living room... Uh, <laughs> In the living room being feeble, if I can find the living room. I really like that line, even though I butchered it. Uh, After uh, some lighthearted elder abuse of Rose, Dorothy expresses concern about Ma's faltering memory. Her memory loss seems quite similar to Ski's racism. It's getting getting worse, and when you bring it up, she denies it and gets mad. (laughs) Gosh dang it, Alan. (laughs) Uh, Dorothy joins Sophia in the living room as she's looking through a photo album. Sophia doesn't seem to remember a lot of the details about the pictures, and it's alluded to that monkey meat was a staple of the Petrilla diet. Uh, so, Delish. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sophia for Indiana Jones is good enough for me. Right. <laughs> Sophia agrees to see uh, the doctor and mentions some of the things she can't remember, including Dorothy's senior prom. Mm-hmm. Dorothy says she didn't go to the senior prom, to which Sophia replies, actually, I did remember that, but why should I be the only one here to feel like crap? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way that Brent looks at our listeners, um, <laughs> is that <laughs> he knows we have listeners, or, or that he knows people are going to listen to this podcast, and he feels like, why does he need to be the only one to feel like crap? So he <laughs> 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 I just think that's the, the self-deprecation that, that Brent brings to... I think I think what needs to happen after this episode is that Sophia just needs to break down, mm-hmm. spend you know a little bit of extra cash, get a tattoo gun, and start you know mentoring herself up. Right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole rest of the series will be backwards until her death, <laughs> <laughs> or, or I guess be from her death backwards. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that'd be like a good that. idea. Yeah. They really could have taken it in a whole different direction, <laughs> couldn't they? Side note. Mm-hmm. Uh, Memento, that was Guy Pierce, right? Was the main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a new movie coming out called Memory, I think. Okay. Looks eerily like Memento <laughs> without mm-hmm. the, the tattoos. Yeah. It has Guy Pierce in it. Yeah. 
Very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be interested to see it's it. coming up. I'm yeah. not sure when it releases, but... I like Guy Pierce. I think he's a good actor. I do, too. Um, you know what would make him... You know what would make me like him less? What's that? If you pronounced it ye. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> then I would not be a fan. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> but since it's Guy Pierce, you're you're down with it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking really <laughs> confidential. Ride or die. <laughs> well, my great grandfather, I mean, I guess it would have been my grandmother's maiden name was Guy. Um, oh, yeah. Herman Guy was my grandpa, yeah, yeah, yeah. my great grandfather. Yeah. I, I don't had, think I would have liked him as well if he called himself Herman Gee. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had an aunt whose uh, husband was named Guy. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Guy was a name. It was a thing that was not originally, you know, meant to mean just you know fellas or, or yeah, men. Yeah, yeah. It, it just somehow or another became fellas. a term used for that. I like, <laughs> I like Joe Blow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we get into the next scene. Uh, Hold on, one last oh, thing. Sorry. Yeah, sure. What if uh, Guy was a last name and first name was Carmen? Could they call Gee then? Because that'd be like Carmen Gia. That's Carmen Gia. That's a type of caller. I thought you knew that. Sorry. Uh. <laughs> what? Now it's ridiculous. you think that. Sorry. <laughs> that was quite Gia. a reach anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know a great many things, Brent. Apparently you don't know Brent as well as I do, because I know that there are limitations. <laughs> like sometimes he still surprises me with the vast knowledge he has of things that uh-huh. I don't. Uh, but I also do know where his uh, yeah. blind spots are. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna have to develop like a testosterone score, and if it's below <laughs> above a certain point, you can know that I'm ignorant of it. Fair enough. You know, you talk about cars. It reminds me. I was, I was in the- <laughs> you know lots about cars, as all male Golden Girl podcasters do. <laughs> This isn't anything I know about cars. I've never even heard of it. (laughs) It's a funny looking car. It's it's almost like a cartoonish car. (laughs) It sounds popular. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's Italian, maybe. I was sitting here so confused. And you're like, you know, like Carmen Ghia. And I'm like, did he mean Carmen Miranda? (laughs) (laughs) Carmen San Diego? Exactly. Yeah, you can have the car and the big old one car Miranda, the uh, fruit hat lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a convertible, I think. I see, so fruit hat ladies, that's Brent's wheelhouse. Exactly. <laughs> you got your Carmen Miranda, you got your Charo and occasional specials. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Don't even get me started on Mini Pearl and. <laughs> Well, this is only tangentially related to your car thing, um, but I was in my car the other day, and a, a, a car caught my eye, or a license plate caught my eye, because it was for a small local college, Wabash, which you don't mm-hmm. see. Like, you'll see IU and Purdue plates yeah. regularly, yeah. but you know these smaller schools are, are certainly more rare. Mm-hmm. And I got to looking at the car, and it's a... Uh, it was a Toyota TRD, mm-hmm. which stands for Toyota Racing Division. Yeah. I just kept thinking, like, did no one at Toyota think uh-huh. that we're basically calling this the Toyota turd? Yeah. Because that's what TRD, <laughs> you're just uh-huh. missing the vowel. Yeah. That's how you'd abbreviate it on a license plate. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 and it just seems really odd to me. I could see that they wanted to use the full name of it, but I just can't imagine using the acronym <laughs> on anything because it just is so stupid. It's <laughs> like the guy in the marketing department's like... <laughs> This car's not a turd till it gets you. 
Yeah, I just I don't know. This is an odd thing. It just kind of tickled me a little bit yeah. <laughs> that I was riding behind a turd. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, that's that's about the extent of my car knowledge. Also, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we get into uh, the next scene with uh, Blanche walking in from tennis, mm-hmm. and Rose less than pleased about her lack of progress on the surveys that she mm-hmm. asked her to complete. Yeah. Uh, Blanche gives exactly zero fucks, and then, uh, <laughs> Dorothy and Sophia arrive back from the doctor. Apparently, this doctor, and I put that in quotation marks, <laughs> uh, thinks that uh, she just needs to eat better, and everything will be fine, and <laughs> she can do some things to jog her memory. I was like, what a shit doctor this is. Because the, they didn't go and have any real exams done. It wasn't like they did MRIs or blood tests, because they went to a doctor and came back directly from the appointment. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? You're probably just eating some things that are making your memory bad. <laughs> um, probably having lady problems. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. <laughs> probably so. Hysteria. That's probably, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Right. Of course, uh, Sophia is still upset about the memories that she's lost, and Rose just wants to replicate and distribute copyrighted materials without the threat of legal penalty. <laughs> <laughs> so did either of you two have any additional to add to that? I can't think of any right now. If I do, I'll let you know. Same. Yeah, we're, we're several weeks into the future from uh, <laughs> a recent episode that I edited, but it was one that I did the recap on. And I will say, I, I, I do uh, shift a fair chunk of the blame to you two okay. uh, for not interjecting enough. <laughs> but in, I also take... recaps? Well, in that particular recap, it was super short. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like a 35-minute like episode. Uh-huh. Um, and, and like I said, I take some blame for not trying to pad it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I also share some blame for you two not padding it up on your own. (laughs) (laughs) They were just so, you know, taken by Yeah, engrossed. (laughs) Listen, it wasn't a rhyme. It wasn't like Brent stuff. It was just a normal mediocre recap. (laughs) Exactly. And sorry if I'm an inadequate podcast fluffer. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I know that you used to being on screen. (laughs) Fluffers are never on screen. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I've heard that fluffers aren't even a real thing. Uh, I think that's true. I don't know. Probably not union job if it is. (laughs) I I wouldn't think so. Well, we do get into scene three now, and it kicks off with uh, Blanche using the survey to look for eligible bachelors and expressing pride in the one survey she has completed. I did think that was kind of funny. A when she's giant like, stack. Yeah, she's like, see you... this big stack of papers? And then she's like, this one paper here is what I've completed. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, Rose is plum shitty and <laughs> tries to fire Blanche, but decides uh, not to thanks to her fear of the liberal left and their crazy sex-positive agenda. Uh, Sophia comes out of her room and announces that she is going to Brooklyn to jog her memories. Uh, Dorothy says she can't go alone, to which she replies, No kidding, I'm 83. I walk to the driveway. It's a coin toss whether I'll come back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dorothy agrees to go back with her, and we get some emotional words about the cruelty of father time. Mm -hmm. And that ends our uh, first act. Okay. So did you guys have anything more to add to that, anything that I missed? I would say it's... I don't know, I don't want to keep harping on the uh, financial woes and, and spikes <laughs> yeah. of the, the Golden Girls, but uh, it does seem odd. They have instant money for things like a trip to Brooklyn from Miami. Right. But they can't rub two nickels together to get something else, like a, a well, TV funny. or something. I think the problem is, is that some of the things that they struggle with financially <clears throat> just aren't big enough. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like you said, <laughs> a TV's not that crazy expensive you know, last season or maybe the season well, before. They, they when... don't seem like they're extravagant either. It's not like right. they're like, 
I want a 90-inch television <laughs> yeah. back in the 80s. <laughs> um, but yeah, like when Dorothy had that $2,500 she owed to the IRS, it yeah. just, those things, they don't seem that big. Now, granted, I'm sure some things also cost less than, like air travel and mm-hmm. whatnot, but they still yeah. weren't cheap. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and the fact that you're paying for the air travel yeah, and I'm, everything else I'm guessing else they're not driving right. to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because she said she had a plane ticket and she'd bought one. Oh, she, yeah, okay. Because she made the joke that Dorothy might as well go since she paid for the tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're... I just think that if they Bus have tickets fin- out. right <laughs> or, or train, train tickets, yeah, yeah. exactly, <laughs> clown train. The, mm-hmm. the... But yeah, I just feel like when they have a problem, they should make it a little bit. They should inflate the numbers on that so that it seems mm-hmm. more realistic. But yeah. then maybe it'd be too unrealistic for them to solve a problem that was mm-hmm. big enough to make sense. I don't know. Yeah. All plot devices, right? MacGuffins. Yeah, <laughs> convenient when it's convenient, right? <laughs> Well, we get into Act 2 um, with Sophia and Dorothy in their old Brooklyn apartment building, and mm-hmm. Sophia commenting about the kids playing stickball on the corner. Dorothy corrects her, Mom, they were beating a man, um, to which she replies, Ah, oh, they were just having a good time. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was actually my favorite line of this one. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It's like, no, Mom. <laughs> That's why I called 911. All right. <laughs> um, a, a Spanish-speaking man answers... Leave it to Dorothy to ruin a good time. <laughs> right. <laughs> A Spanish-speaking man answers the door to their old apartment, and we get some mild racism, like mm-hmm. skis used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but <laughs> no longer mild. No, not at all. <laughs> not mild. Now it's flaming uh-huh. hot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but he agrees to let them come in and look around. Uh, they reminisce about Dorothy showing the neighborhood her business, <laughs> and then uh, head to the kitchen to look for the carved heart alluded to earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. It turns out the heart isn't there, and we get a flashback uh, to Sophia and Sal talking about baby Phil wearing Dorothy's hand-me-downs. Mm-hmm. An attention-starved young Dorothy walks in and breaks a plate. Uh, Sal sits her down and reassures her uh, and reassures her before they head to the zoo, which is what he called the track. I thought that was funny. I think he yeah. said he had a giraffe in the third race. Yeah. Um, leaving the shattered plate for Sophia to worry about while freshly <laughs> off a C-section caring for a newborn baby. Yeah. <laughs> right, he's gotta go do his gambling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so when that in that scene, like uh, she throws down like the plate, and mm-hmm. he likes young Sal, you know, sits on the chair, right, kind of pats his lap. I thought like the next thing was she was gonna like bend over and he was gonna spank her. Oh. <laughs> but then like, like, like wow, what real are we, awkward. Where are we going here? I'm so glad they didn't take it that direction. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't care for young Sal. Um, yeah, I didn't either. I didn't like. Yeah. Like I love old Sal, yeah. Um, but yeah, young Sal. He seemed like too much of a jabroni or something to me. That just didn't seem. Yeah, I agree. He was uh, too dumb. He was yeah. that dumb previously. Exactly, and, and he doesn't seem as funny as yeah. what older Sal seems. But, yeah. but anyways, uh, I mean, he seems like a decent enough dad. Maybe, maybe he needed a few years to ripen. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah, I think we all get a little better with age, except for ski with the racism part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, some people, it depends on your definition of better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the scene ends with the de- a dejected present-day Sophia exiting the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, still sad that the, this her memories are not matching up, at least with uh, what she had thought. Especially not one for one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're back in present-day Miami. I'm in their kitchen. Uh, Blanche gives Rose the results of the survey, and we get a, a half-hearted nod to the healthcare plight of the elderly, <laughs> and an amusing exchange where uh, Blanche suggests Rose pay under the table so she doesn't have to pay taxes on the money. Mm-hmm. I did love Rose's response to that. It was, <laughs> it's like, oh, you're not going to get me again. You'll tell me to go under the table, and then you'll just leave the room. Or I think you said Dorothy does that to uh, her. Yeah. 
thought that was a, a good line. And but it, it was a the B story in this one was pretty weak. Yeah. And the ending was pretty weak. <laughs> too. So I don't know if you guys picked up on this too. Uh, whenever Rose would talk to uh, Blanche about the payment, right? Because mm-hmm. even at the beginning, she's like, "Does it pay like uh, was it three hundred bucks or something, or two fifty? She's like, I, "I guess maybe, right?" But she seems really wishy washy on the payment, right? And she does make a comment that she just wants her to be involved in, in, in like invested basically mm-hmm. in you know, the needs of people in general, right? Right. But I thought maybe they're going to play it where she didn't have that much money. And was just hoping that she would accept less. Uh. It was going to spring it on her at the end, because <laughs> she says, "Just you know, make it out to you know, so and so the the Robert or whatever." Yeah. Right? But she, I thought she was going to say, "Oh, I'm glad you're you know, good with uh, you know, not accepting the check because <laughs> it ain't coming." <laughs> that just wouldn't be Rose though. No. <laughs> Rose wouldn't hold us to the end. I'm like, "Ha ha, screwed you over, bitch." Well. <laughs> I can see her being like, like she finds out that not that much was allowed. Ah. And then she's like, oh, no, how do I tell her? Oh, okay, yeah, I can see it in that case. Not not an intentional deception. Yeah, no, no, um, she's like almost tepid, like, oh, no, I don't want to let her down. But right. if she's really in love with this work, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then it's not so bad. Exactly. I would like to have all of that happen, but then for Blanche to follow up by contacting Enrique Moss and say that she was duped. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. That'd be much better than her reporting Dorothy to the police. Exactly. <laughs> so, so now we get into our uh, last scene of the episode uh, back in Brooklyn, and the Ma heads to the old bedroom where she <laughs> imagines uh, <laughs> Sal being in the room. Sal, <laughs> I like where this is going. Do you? <laughs> Sal makes a joke that he's uh, just a fig Newton of Sophia's imagination, and she recalls how much he used to like Norm Crosby, which brings us <laughs> to Alan's puddle jump. Uh, Norman Lawrence Crosby, uh, born uh, lived from September of twenty-seven till November seventh of twenty twenty, which was my daughter's fourteenth, uh, thirteenth birthday. Okay. Uh, he was an American comedian, adopting a friendly blue-collar guy next door persona in the 1950s. Crosby refined. Was he a red? What's that? Was he a red? A red? Yeah. Uh, what's a red? A commie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not not as far as I know. <laughs> um, but uh, Crosby refined his uh, stand-up monologues by interpolating malpropisms. <laughs> Which brings us <laughs> to Puddle Jump subsection one. Okay. A malpropism, uh-huh. also called a malaprope, uh-huh. is the mistaken use of an incorrect word in uh-huh. place of a word with a similar sound, yeah. resulting in a nonsensical, sometimes humorous yeah, yeah, utterance. Yeah, like the fig newton of your imagination. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Malaprisms often occur as errors in natural speech and are sometimes the subject of media attention, especially when made by a politician uh-huh. or other public. Uh, that would never happen, would <laughs> Right. <laughs> Uh, some examples are uh, former Chicago mayor uh, Richard J. Daley referred to a uh, tandem bicycle as a tantrum bicycle mm-hmm. and made mention of Alcoholics Unanimous. Um, <laughs> former Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott once claimed that no one is uh, the suppository of all wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, former Texas Governor Rick Perry has been known to uh, commonly utter these. Uh, for example, he described states as laboratories of innovation and democracy, as opposed to laboratories. <laughs> and uh, heavyweight, former heavyweight champion Michael Ty- or Michael Mike Tyson. <laughs> uh, about Michael with some groups. Probably does. Sure. Upon being asked what his next plans uh, were after losing the title fight to Lennox Lewis, declared that I might fade into Bolivian. 
Um, <laughs> during the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, a common meme format was introduced uh, where internet users uh, feign malpropism by substituting the word pandemic with similar sounding words such as uh, the COVID-19 panorama, pandemonium, or the COVID-19 panini. So, <laughs> Delicious. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, malpropisms differ from other kinds of speaking or writing mistakes, such as acorns or spoonerisms and uh, neologisms. Okay. Which brings us to <laughs> Puddle Jump, subsection <laughs> one, appendice one. Okay. Acorn. In linguistics, an acorn is an alteration of a phrase through the uh, mishearing or reinterpretation of one or more of its elements. Are you saying acorn? Egg, like E-G-G. -G. Okay. Yeah, acorn. Um, creating a new phrase, having a different meaning from the original, which still makes some sense and is plausible when used in the same context. So it's sort of like a portmanteau? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't jump ahead. Okay. <laughs> Acorns often arise as people attempt to make sense of a stock phrase that uses a term unfamiliar to them, such as, expatriate for expatriate or uh, for all intensive purposes instead of for all intents and purposes yeah. or old-timers disease for Alzheimer's disease. Mm -hmm. When you said dog, dog world. <laughs> right, or, or praying mantis versus praying mantis. Mm -hmm. um, and that brings us to a puddle jump subsection two, or subsection one, appendice two, okay. spoonerism. Okay. <laughs> a spoonerism is an error in speech in which corresponding consonants, vowels, or uh, morphemes are switched uh, between two words and a phrase. Those are uh, named after the Oxford Don and ordained minister, William Archibald Spooner, who reportedly did this. Mm -hmm. uh, some examples would be uh, three cheers for our dear old queen rather than dear old excuse me, three cheers for our queer old dean mm. instead of dear old queen. Gotcha. Um, is it uh, kiss-to-marry to cuss the bride mm -hmm. as opposed to cuss-to-marry <laughs> to kiss? Mm -hmm. uh, the Lord is a shoving leopard as opposed to loving shepherd. Mm -hmm. A blushing crow could be a crushing blow. Um, a uh, well-boiled icicle instead of well-oiled bicycle. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, you get the, the point do. of that one. Mm -hmm. Those are all actual words, though. A lot of times I've heard them used it's just more of an oopsie. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think in this case, for a spoonerism, it, it is It has things. to be something that could actually be a word. More or less. I don't think it has to be a word, yeah, but, but I think... It's like an unintentional pun. Yeah, exactly. Um, or uh, is the bean dizzy instead of dean busy? Mm -hmm. um, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And now we'll go on to puddle jump subsection one, appendice three, okay. which is a neologism. Okay. It's a, a relatively recent or isolated term, word, or phrase. Okay that may be in the process of entering common use, but has not been fully accepted into the mainstream language. Okay. Uh, they're all often driven by changes in culture and technology. Uh, some examples that can be found in science or fiction, or science fiction, films, mm -hmm. and television, are branding in literature uh, and popular culture. Um, they could include things like laser, which mm -hmm. is from uh, light amplification of simulated emissions of radiation. Mm -hmm. The word robot was from a novel, uh, Rossum's Universal Robots. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's also a neolog neologisms are uh, often formed by combining two words, mm -hmm. um, such as uh, brunch for breakfast and lunch. There's your portmanteau. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, a relatively rare form of neologism is when proper names are used, such as a uh, boycott from Charles Boycott or the word guy or Dick or Karen. Um, exactly. And then uh, neologisms uh, can also come from words in narrative or fiction such as like Gork, um, mm -hmm. 
from a stranger, stranger in a strange land, meaning mm -hmm. to intuitively understand, mm -hmm. or a McJob, huh? Grok. Did I say Gork? Yeah, Grok. Yeah. Sorry, thank yeah. you. Um, or a McJob, okay. meaning like a you know poorly paid employment from yeah. another movie. Yeah, yeah. Cyberspace is another one that came from uh, you know from fiction originally. And then, then there can also be cases where a title of a book or, or other entertainment can become mm -hmm. that, like Catch Twenty Two, mm -hmm. or uh, or words such as Orwellian or uh, Kafka esque, or to Davenport. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then also, uh, finally, on, on that part, names of famous characters can be another source of neologisms, uh, such as a Don Quixote, meaning you know, like a you know someone who gets with the ladies quite a bit, or a Scrooge, uh -huh. uh, things of that nature too, or Pollyanna. Um, and the, the development may be spurred or at least spread by popular culture. Example, examples of pop culture uh, neologisms include the American alt-right, uh, the Russian parody uh, Monstration, and uh, the Canadian portmanteau mm -hmm. um, of uh, Snowmageddon, mm -hmm. which brings us to Puddle Jump Subsection 1, Appendix <laughs> 3, Footnote 1. Footnote 1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. uh, a word blending the sounds and com combining the meanings of two words. For example, motel, uh -huh. like motel or hotel, uh -huh. or a made-up word uh, coined from the combination of words iPod and broadcast. Motel and hotel are portmanteaus? From mm -hmm. what? From motor and hotel. Oh, mm -hmm. I never knew that, actually. <laughs> and, uh, podcast. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> podcast. Thanks for stepping on that, Ski. <laughs> <laughs> All of that also brings us now to our first grammar rodeo, and oh. you have been informed. Oh, <laughs> yes. I was told there'd be no math. I don't know if grammar is really what this falls under, uh, but I just enjoy the word grammar rodeo. Mm -hmm. So I have a quiz for you guys and, and for you folks at home as it's well. It's a good thing we got these pencils here still. Oh, mm -hmm. he's got the, the fancy. Yeah. Oh, I, I brought pens, actually, for both of you to use. Do we well, need to use an ink pen? Uh, nope, either way is fine. Indelible. Pencil's just completely fine. So I put my name on it. Uh, that's fine. You can put your name on it. Number one through eight. Okay, so I'm going to give you. So number one through eight, let me know when you're ready. Do you we need more than one line for each answer? No, no. They're each can we use more than one? <laughs> if you like to write big, by all means, feel free. And you folks, uh, you listeners also, feel free to join in this quiz as well. Ski is, or uh, Brent, I should say, is doing Roman numerals in order to <laughs> oh, I like that. write as much Thank as you. possible. All right, so I'm going to give you eight. Trying to pat out your runtime because you said I'm not helping. I, 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 I. All right, well, one of these, uh, so I'm going to give you. done it in binary. I'll help fill up some time. Nine, zero, zero, one, one. Write it out. One, O-N-E. Two, T, W, O. Right. Well, I'm going to give you guys eight sentences, okay? Okay. Each of these, <laughs> each of these sentences contains either a spoonerism, okay. a neologism, oh, an acorn, okay. or a malaprope. Okay. Or, well, no, portmanteau kind of falls into, uh, into other things anyway, so no, nothing specifically to that. <laughs> so uh, each of these sentences contains one of those four <laughs> things. <laughs> I was listening, I promise. <laughs> so, so again, the four possible options, malapropism, so you can make that an M, uh, spoonerism, acorn, or a, uh, a neologism. Okay, so those are the four possibilities. Okay, you guys ready for number one? Can we get the yeah. definitions again? No. <laughs> you need to listen. <laughs> number one, we're rude, we're... Uh, this is unfair. 
<laughs> What's that? This is unfair. Why is it unfair? I don't know, because you're mispronouncing the words in the quittance. I, I haven't even done the quittance <laughs> yet. <laughs> I just got a little uh, tongue-tied on the very first one, but I haven't. I'll, I'll start from the beginning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Uh, we're, Next. we're doing a... God damn it, Brent. <laughs> we're doing a complete remodel and hiring an inferior decorator. Okay. Number two, everything he says is a lack of pies. Number three, I'm just biding my time before I make my next move. I'm just biting my time before I make my next move. So long. <laughs> Number four, he delivered a blushing crow to his opponent. Number five, when you go to Italy, will you see the 16th chapel? Number six. There will never be a bigger celebrity couple than Brangelina. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. Are you going to the big bonfire? And finally, number eight. Ski is a nice guy, but he's always mansplaining everything. I'm quite certain I have butchered this severely. <laughs> All right. So uh, are you guys ready for the answers? We'll see how everybody did. <laughs> Correct. Pretty bad. All right. So I'm pretty sure I got the definitions flip-flopped on a few. How many how many points do we get for a correct answer? Uh, you get two points for a correct answer. Okay. Uh, and then we subtract three for negative answers. Wrong <laughs> answers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll say plus two for a correct answer, minus three for a, for a wrong answer. <laughs> okay. That's pretty great. <laughs> okay. So eight so, times three. <laughs> right. All right. So number one, I'll just tell, I'll just say the part of it, inferior decorator. Okay. Uh, Ski, what did you have that down as? I thought that was like an acorn. All right, Brent. What about you? I had a malapropism. Uh, Brent was correct. Two yeah. points for Brent. Because negative I three had for him Ski. First, that's why I flipped uh. him in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of them that are malapropisms are wrong too for me. Fair enough. So negative three. Okay. <laughs> Number two, lack of pies as opposed to a uh, as opposed to a pack of lies. Yeah, I'm guessing that's acorn now. No. It's spoonerism. Spoonerism. Brent's correct yeah. again. <laughs> Number three, uh, I'm biting my time before I make uh, my next move. Biting my time. I'm not answering anymore. He's gone. <laughs> oh, I think I, 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 I misunderstood. I put a malapropism. Oh, no, that's an acorn yeah. in that one. <laughs> so, yeah, so Brent just lost three points. Did yeah. you get that one by chance? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Catching up to your negative nine. <laughs> Number four, a uh, blushing crow as opposed to a crushing blow. <laughs> catch all the uh, yeah. things, okay. at least in the sentences. Well, that's good. I feel good about that part. You yeah. should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had spoonerism. Spoonerism. What about you, Ski? Okay, <laughs> Brent was correct on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even consistent with my wrongness. <laughs> Number five, the 16th chapel, as opposed to Sistine Chapel. Eggcorn? Nope. Spoonerism. Nope. Malpropism. Malpropism. <laughs> yeah. Close, though. Number six, uh, Brangelina. I thought that was neologism. You got one. Because that was part of the uh, example. Portmanteaus. Yeah. Stuff, right? mm -hmm. yeah. Did you get that one too, nah, Brent? I didn't. Oh. Number seven, bonfire, as opposed to bonfire. Spoonerism. Eggcorn. Eggcorn, yeah. Yep. Of course. You, like you said, you got them flip flop. And the final one uh, is a mansplaining. And that is plus two for. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Although you could make an argument for that as I think one of the other ones too, but 
as you're combining man and explaining. I think there's one other that can have that part. So ski, what was your? Uh, so you got one right and seven I got wrong. Two, two right. Two right. So four for that minus eighteen. So you got a negative fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Brent? <laughs> negative four. <laughs> negative four. Um, so I had one, two, three, four correct. So I had eight. Okay. I had four wrong. <laughs> so it's negative 12. So Still. negative four. So well done. Negative 12 is not a bad score. Or negative four is not a bad score compared to Ski's negative 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, negative 14. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought that you guys did a, a good job. I meant to warn you to uh-huh. listen carefully uh-huh. before I got into all that. Yeah. <laughs> you finish like, you know, it's like, all right, we're on subsection 37 of our puddle dives. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. And then you're like, pop quiz. And I was like, oh, poops. Yeah, I thought about trying to have that uh, recording of pop quiz, smart guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then played that into the mic, but yeah. I didn't I get like around it. to it. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is even with all that, mm-hmm. we're still only at 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I was really trying to pad this out a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my first quiz that I've given. Oh, and I tried so hard to find any connection with any of those four things to Tennessee Williams. Oh. <laughs> and I was going to conclude it with, you know, and so I'll Tennessee you later, bitch. <laughs> but I just couldn't. Yeah. I just couldn't find anything. Um, there was... And there was a few things I'd find where it was like, oh, it mentions Tennessee Williams, but then it was in reference to another thing that mm-hmm. had a malpropism in it yeah. or something like yeah. that. So, anyways, I don't know. I thought that stuff was kind of a uh, yeah. Those words were fun. Yeah, pretty good still. Mm-hmm. I agreed. I liked good. it. I'm glad. Uh, well, getting back into it, Sophia's still chatting with Sal okay. at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Her imaginary the ghost of Sal. Yeah, the Fig Newton of Sophia's imagination. I'm quite certain that the actual spirit of Sal was there. Probably. Yeah, that's who was there. Mm-hmm. He was talking to her. It was mm-hmm. all real. So it was really a ghost. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're talking about. The actor wasn't even alive at that point. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Weinstein said that everything's happening at the same time. That so, is yeah. true, yes. Well, uh, Sophia chats with Sal about heaven and her fading memory. Sal laments her loss of spunk, uh, but their conversation brings some of that spunk back to her. Uh, spunk? Sa- yeah. <laughs> Got from her husband in right. special trip. It's, it's funny you say that. We'll get to it in a second. But uh, Sal fades away, and Dorothy and Mr. Hernandez walk in uh, because he needs to leave now. Sophia realizes that the uh, carved heart was on the bedroom closet door, not the pantry. Mm-hmm. Kind of mentioning that she re- got the two confused because Sal used to hang his salamis in their bedroom uh, closet, right. apparently. And she has a really good line after that, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, she decides that she's going to be okay, and much like Ski, all she needs is a little more spunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't she say something like, I knew it was a place I was really good oh, at? Oh, yeah, that was going to yeah. be, that's my closing I'm out sorry, here. No, sorry. it's fine. Uh, she closed out the episode. Imagine finding that carving in here. Kitchen, bedroom, I knew it was a room I was good in. Um, and she doesn't technically close the episode there. She walks out and then walks back in to pick up a picture that she had set on the nightstand. As she was in there, um, but that was the last I think line of the episode. Yeah, didn't she like look up to or something? Well, yeah, or? she. I think she kisses the picture too, something of that nature. But sounds right. Yeah. Did I miss anything in there that you guys uh, recall from the episode? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, we did have a, a handful of guest actors in that one. Of course, uh, Sid Melton again yeah, as a Sid. Sal. This is his sixth episode out of eight that he's going to be in. I would like to see Sid Melton in a whole lot more than eight, but but Agreed. I'll just uh, appreciate the eight that we get him in. Yeah, I, don't, I like to see him in a Stanley amount of numbers. Yeah, exactly. Could we? Could we do? Now I don't remember which one it is, obviously, but 
we say appreciate with the number eight. <laughs> right. And then, then we spell it wrong, but it's still like a, a, a type of uh, one of these things. Or egg crate, whatever. It's <laughs> do, you really, do you really want to be sued for copyright infringement by Avril Lavigne? <laughs> oh, yeah. Skater boy, right? Yeah. You said that in such a fucked up way. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was such a mealy mouthed and mushy way. <laughs> I don't think most people so would have realized tired. that. Avril Lavigne <laughs> is supposed to be Avril Lavigne. So tired. It sounded like you had like a mouthful of food when you said it. Could be Adam or Avril. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I didn't know that Skater Boy was what you were referring to, <laughs> I would have never guessed that that was the name you said. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we also had uh, Kyle T. Hefner. He played Young Sal. Um, mm-hmm. 80 titles for him. This is his only Golden Girls. Uh, the only thing I thought was interesting on his uh, IMDb was one episode of Seinfeld yeah. where he played Bizarro George. Yeah, that was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also had uh, David Corrier uh, with Mr. Hernandez. Mm-hmm. 49 titles for him. This was his only Golden Girls. Um, he did have the... Uh, Distinction of being the first cop at the massage parlor in the movie Seven. Oh. So. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. Mm-hmm. Well, at least he met Robert Kraft. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Brangelina would have been proud of that one. <laughs> yeah. We had a uh, Jandy Swanson. She played young Dorothy. Uh, Twenty-five titles to her name. Mm-hmm. Is there only Golden Girls? You wish they brought back Lenny Green. That would have been nice. <laughs> would have looked a little tall, but they could put her in a baby doll dress. It would have been exactly. fine. <laughs> um, she played a Penny Pester in Ladybug, and she was our one Star Trek uh, hmm. uh, connection with this one, with one episode in Star Trek The Next Generation, is that hmm. classic character, Katie. <laughs> so, um, and then I think in probably the most brilliant casting uh, that they've done in the whole series, bringing back... Uh, Flo D. Ray as mm-hmm. young Sophia. Yeah. Um, this is her second Golden Girls episode, and of course her first one, for anyone that doesn't remember, was on season four, episode 24, Foreign mm-hmm. Exchange, yeah. where she played Gloria, who was probably uh, Sophia's actual daughter, or at yeah. least that's what they allude to anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought it was great that they brought her back to play the young Sophia. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. So now Sophia and Dorothy are the only two that we've had or. Yeah, Sophia now has the record for most iterations of her character. Because there's Estelle playing her now, mm-hmm. Estelle playing her before, and Flody Ryder playing her. Yeah, she's, she's super young. young. Yeah, because previously we've just had like young, we have current Dorothy and then young Dorothy. Mm-hmm. But now, oh, I guess we've got a third Dorothy yeah, as well in this one as well. Now. Did you call her Floaty Ryder? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was intentional or not because you moved on so quickly you didn't give a chance to react. Yeah, my unintentional, uh, you know, spoonerism, uh, <laughs> egg corn, <laughs> something. Just tired, man. Yeah, that was solid nonetheless. So. Now I really want to go back and review all those. Will this be available on uh, uh, transcript? Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll definitely have our uh, transcribers uh, make sure to get this one out there to Excellent. Yeah, I want to make sure I get earn... all the uh, parts of speech correct from here <laughs> right. on out. They're going to earn their money for a real living. How <laughs> <laughs> right. do you think you would spell? <laughs> I guess you take out all the uh, all the uh, vowels. <laughs> Just be like VRL, Vril living. <laughs> And when Brent gets tired, he loses his vowels. 
<laughs> he just becomes burnt. <laughs> he empties his vowels. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hope he doesn't do it on the way home. <laughs> uh, anyways, I thought I had one other little thing I wanted to add into that, but I can't remember now. So, uh, Ski, who got your uh, MVP for that episode? Oh, man. Go back to me. Okay. <laughs> Brent, how about you? Who got your MVP on that one? I'm going to go ahead and go with... Can we come back to me? <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> wow. That's... Well, I gave my MVP. We love this show. <laughs> I gave my MVP to Sophia. I, I thought the B story was yeah. too weak. Um, in a general, it was okay, but yeah. there wasn't enough meat for Dorothy or, or not, excuse me, for Dorothy, <laughs> but there wasn't enough meat for, for Rose or, uh, or Blanche in this one to get an MVP. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. She was definitely the, the star of this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris was sweet and funny. Okay, very nice. So we got a, we got a clean sweep for Sophia in this uh-huh. one. And how many slices of cheesecake do, do one of you two want to volunteer to go first? Oh, <laughs> she knew it was a room in which she was good. <laughs> I'll give it to that one. That's that's what you <laughs> give your slices of cheesecake to. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, is that transferable to a number? What's that? <laughs> if, if that's if that line uh-huh. were to take your cheesecake to the bank, how many slices <laughs> would they get in return, or how many slices would they be depositing? Yes, three, three. Oh, you didn't care for the episode? No. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you have a well-reasoned argument. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think it was a great one, but I wasn't expecting to hear three. How about you, Ski? What did you think? I'm going to go uh, B. It's just forgettable. Five. B, five. <laughs> Inspired <laughs> by his uh, All right. Roman numerals. <laughs> Well, I thought it was a little better than that. I, I like flashbacks episodes, and I like Sid Melton a lot mm-hmm. in the episodes he's in. Uh, the B story was weak, but I thought the A story was was solid, and I like mm-hmm. the the old apartment. I would like, I would love it actually, and I don't know if we do or don't. I I don't recall. I'd love to see young Rose and young Blanche, like like other actors playing mm-hmm. their yeah. like much younger versions of them. Yeah. I hope we get to see that sometime in the next two and a half. Didn't seasons. Uh, Dorothy even play her own grandma in one? Yeah, <laughs> in one yeah. Of the that was a, that was a fun one. Yeah, but anyways, I gave it a five and a half. I didn't think it was. A competitor for best episode, but I guess I enjoyed it better than. Uh, How would that be? Would that be V dot V? I, I don't know if Roman numerals have any way to decimals? denote decimals <laughs> or fractions. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> so. you'd think they did a lot of math. I mean, it would have to be V and I over II. That'd be the way I guess they just deal with it. Maybe they had like some kind of fractional thing. Yeah, because really that's what decimals are. So yeah. If you um, if you take pi, okay, and you express it in Roman numerals, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> and then you try to pronounce it phonetically, uh-huh. it, a real <laughs> 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 That can't possibly be true because it would be well, I didn't know where it was going because, like, in a few days, I have to take my dog to the vet to have her anal glands expressed. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't know where you're going with if you take pie and express it. <laughs> I wasn't sure where it was going, but uh, but I enjoyed your callback. <laughs> Nonetheless. 
I actually have a little weird side note if you guys want to hear it. Yeah, let's hear it. About pie okay. and the Romans. And <laughs> okay. I think okay. maybe Romans or Greeks, both possibly. Yeah, they both like but, pie. But uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like pie? Exactly. <laughs> so they had a different way of looking at, at geometry, right? Like they talked about like the golden ratio and such, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I guess um, it's sort of similar to like what I just said about how. Uh, they view things as uh, fractional, right? Sure. So they don't necessarily have like decimals, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, they they viewed things like the golden ratio or pi, things mm-hmm. that are like complex okay. concepts in, in geometry, yes. as more or less uh, as the ratios from one thing to another, right? So they use analogies to explain math. Almost. Okay. Oh, they 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 viewed it differently than like our common like asp- like the way we view. Uh, Numbers and stuff today. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically, the the uh, they would actually almost call it out as the uh, sorry um, instead of a number to represent it, mm-hmm. it would almost they would call it out as the uh, ratio or as uh, the uh, formula. Okay. Sorry, that's kind of what I was getting at. Oh, okay. So like the whole formula would be the number. Ah, okay. <laughs> And say, okay, just figure it out from there. <laughs> I felt like with all that buildup, I was waiting Sorry. for a punchline. No, it was just <laughs> so somebody would see a number and then have to figure out: is that a number or is it actually a formula? Well, that's what I'm saying. Their, their way they viewed it was not the way we view it today. They wouldn't actually view it as a number per se. They would say it. Their their, their concept of things like like pi would be like, oh, you mean the you know circumference divided by whatever. I'll figure it. I don't understand. I'm not explaining it well. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> well, stay golden, Coco. But, but but it is a number. So, pi is a number. Yeah. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying the way they they viewed they viewed complex geometry and and concepts uh, not as pure numbers. They looked at it as the ratio okay. of two. Uh, things versus okay. uh, as but a set. It, but if they wanted to document that view, like they want to take pen to paper, okay, mm-hmm. what would they write down? They didn't have paper, so yeah, more like plumed <laughs> apart parchment. Okay, okay. <laughs> they pull out their papyrus and their ox blood. <laughs> they want to put chisel to stone. Okay, <laughs> okay. I don't know what they would do, honestly. Okay, <laughs> so I'm sorry, I, I have an incomplete answer. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> So you're in and, and kind of an, uh, a boring story now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And you didn't have an incomplete answer. You had a formula equation that's represented as a ratio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it may not be translatable onto paper, but... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The formula's there. We just have to represent it the way it is. <laughs> right, right. I believe... Uh, I don't know. I, I believe that the, the best way to sum up that formula... Um, and the ratios that you're alluding to is stay golden cocoa. Okay, stolen cocoa? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say case olden cocoa? Case stolen. What? Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.